Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? Well, guys... The Dodgers are reportedly meeting with free agent all-star pitcher Justin Verlander today oh, out here wow. in L.A. Wow. Yes, Verlander is reportedly looking for a contract similar to what? the three-year $130 million deal that Max Scherzer signed with the Mets last offseason. Verlander is going to turn 40 in February, but the 17-year veteran had the best season of his career in 2022, posting an 18-4 and record, 1.75 ERA, and a 0.83 whip, and of course, he won his third Cy Young Award. So the Dodgers meeting with Verlander today, kind of a big deal, and that's what you need to know. Just go through the numbers one more time, the, the numbers that you were reported. Last year, he went 18-4. and Mm-hmm. 1.75 ERA. And I thought I heard dollars. No, that was Max Scherzer who got that right. deal. So just saying put, he's seeking a contract similar to Max Scherzer. And those numbers were? $130 million three-year deal. I think this is going wackadoodle right now. Three years into 130, huh? I'd sign him for two for nine. You mean 90? Yeah, 90. Yeah, yeah two years I mean, for 90. You're going to pay a guy who's 40 years old, and look, you just made a compelling After case. The season he had last year, yes. Well, well, that could be the biggest problem, is the season he had last year. Will he have just reached his all-time peak? And if you're the Dodgers, are you going to pay him on the, the hope that he's going to be 75 or 80% of what he was last year? Isn't that every contract? Well, I know, but... You're rarely signing older. guys that are 40. Yeah, when they're older, it's much more challenging. I mean, we're not talking about a guy who's 34, yeah. 30, even 36. We're talking about a guy who's 40. Right, yeah. but I think the fact that he proved that he can still do it, it's not like he's going to completely fall off a cliff, right? Well, but what if he does? Like, what if he, if he does, oh well. Well, yeah, but, but it's $140 million. But the Dodgers can afford it. They can. They need pitching. They do. I mean, they need hitting more, but they do. I they, just don't see the downside. $140 million is the downside that if he comes in, gets hurt, can't play, and you're like, gosh, we paid this guy, and we're paying him at the end of his career. What is the alternative, then? The alternative is when you're a general manager you're gonna, you're and you've got bu- a board in your office of all the available free agent pitchers, you start deciding how many of these guys can I get it and how much money do I have to spend. That's the alternative. I don't know, man. I just don't think that there's any, enough difference makers in regards to pitching. Yeah, I don't have my board up right now. I'm going to have to put it up in my, my I mean, Jacob here. DeGrom would be one of those guys, but I don't know. I mean, he's also got a, a guy with an injury history. Now he's say, young. I feel like he has a, he has, he's not, doesn't he's seem like he's as reliable. Yeah, he's younger. But right, historically, Verlander has been uh, more reliable. Now he's better. I'd rather have Jacob DeGrom because he's 35, but he has had plenty of issues. Just don't know that I want to spend 40 plus million dollars and make a three-year commitment to a 40-year-old pitcher. And by the way, let's say he goes on to win three more Cy Youngs for somebody else. Dumbass that I was, but I just, I'm watching LeBron with chronic injuries all the time at 37, and I'm thinking this guy has been pitching this many pitches for all these years and not had like major, major injuries and he's this good this late. 
Like, I just have this bad feeling that you'd sign him, give him a lot of money, and he'd fall off the cliff. I mean, you can go after, like, Carlos Rodon from the Giants, who's 30. Uh, I, I would rather Verlander. I mean, Carlos Rodon has a much smaller sample size of, of really great pitching. You're right. Last two years, basically. I was going to say, he had, like, one or two fantastic years. The last two have, yeah. have been good, you know? And obviously, the White Sox one was good. So, But anyway... Uh, I got a what you need to know for you, Cappy. You know where okay. I was earlier this morning? Uh, let's see. Oh, this is good. I'm glad you're going to tell me where you were because I want to tell you where I was. Go okay. ahead. Where were you? I was at the uh, town hall for the return of Bob Iger on the Burbank oh, really? lot. Yeah, I got invited. Really? Personal really? invite. Because I don't know a personal. It wasn't I didn't a personal. get one. Okay. It was I don't an even invite. have an ESPN email, so I, got, I didn't get anything. I got the invite. It was an invite. I got one on Wednesday okay. afternoon, and okay. I it said, "Do you?" I thought it was just like, the, like the link to watch it, the like event. you needed yep. to respond to yep. that, and it was not. Then I read it, and I said, and it says, you know, it you says, can Bob attend. Bob Iger is personally inviting no, you, George Sedano. It did not say that. It well, said you that were one of the few that got chosen. Attend in person. I text Lindsay. I said, did you get one of these things too? And it came in like around four o'clock, and she said no. Then I text a few more people. They said no. Didn't I, text me. Well, I knew you wouldn't get one because you why don't not? Have, you don't have an email. I know. Yeah. Why don't I have an email? Why That's can true. I not get an ESPN email? How hard is it? I mean, it's not that hard. You probably just haven't done it. Right. It's I probably on me. You probably yeah. have one. You just don't even know what it is. Right. Yeah. It's probably full of spam yeah. right now. Yeah. We went through the channels and, you know, I guess it just somewhere. Yeah. And it was. Oh, so anyway, long so story how many short, people went? How many people went? To it this? was very intimate. It was like probably like 600 people. Um, oh, that's nice. You know, if, on, if that. Maybe. Were you yeah, there? Uh, Lindsay was not. She was watching online. I watched, online. It, on, I watched oh. it on the street. It oh, was, I didn't know you could it. Watch was it was pretty awesome. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> they, they asked him really tough questions. Like, uh, he did not, no one shied away. And Who were they? Him. Like, the employees. It was a town hall. So, like, the what whole do you think a town hall is? Is for the employees like to ask the them town? questions mm-hmm. that they want to know what's going on in the state of the company. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, when are you going to get the price up, the stock price up? Did they ask him that? No, but they asked him about, like, Apple buying Disney or something. And he said that that's Disney not buying, rooted yeah. in fact or whatever. Anybody ask him if he's buying an NFL team? He actually joked about how he uh, he joked about his his attempt to try to get into politics uh, and his wife when he asked his wife can I go back to Disney <laughs> she's like yes <laughs> that's cool that you were there today oh that's why you're wearing the suit well I also was doing TV today there's that I know part. but you don't usually wear a suit for around the horn do you um sometimes I'm not wearing a suit I'm just wearing a jacket George oh, Sedano okay. personal friend of Bob Iger no how not about at all. that. No, not How about that? I mean, you're the only one who got the invite. It was a cool event, though, to be at. I got to be did honest. Did anybody, did Mason cool or Ireland get the uh, get, get the invite? Did you no, ask them? No, I don't think so. No. So you have to be on TV to get the invite, I think. Probably not, because there was a lot of people there that weren't on TV. Really? Yeah. Like, people who just, like, work at the company. I looked for George in the audience, and I texted him and said, ask a question. She wanted me to ask a question. I didn't what realize it was only going to be 40 minutes, so I didn't ask a question. Like did, you a- give him, did you give him any questions to ask? No, I was going to just ask, like, you know, how do you feel about ESPN in the portfolio? Yeah, a lot of people are wondering about We're going to ask him if, like, uh, you know, Disney was going to come up with their own, you know, Bitcoin or anything like that? No, I wasn't going to ask him that. Why <laughs> would I so ask weird. him that? And be like, yo, Bob, are we going to have our own cryptocurrency at some point or what's up? I wasn't going to ask I him I will that. say that, you know, when, when they have these town halls, I feel like people should be a little bit more conscientious of the fact that this is the entire company of Disney. People were, like, really, really siloing some of their questions. There was a couple, really? like two of them. That uh, were it was very... it was a cool event to be at. I gotta yeah. be. I'd never been on the Disney lot. It was kind of cool. Oh, that is cool. cool. Yeah, on the like the, the work lot. Yeah. What time was this at? Nine a.m. I went nice. to the Disney lot to get my my anniversary. Your little of being pin, an employee right? Pin. Yeah. yeah, I have that. Oh uh, no, they sent mine to the office. Oh, well, I went oh, and picked no, mine we up because I thought it it'd be cooler. No, it, yeah, it probably would be cooler to do that. I went during the pandemic, so it was like you have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I did get. That I'm going one. up on ten years one. next year. So that what's nice. the, what, what do I get on ten years? Oh, 10 you years? get you get like um. I'll look it up. Is but it you, a statue? You get a pink. No, I think that's like twenty. It's like oh. a plaque. Oh, nice. cool. you get a statue for like twenty, I think. I got like the little bronze one for my first year, like a few yeah. years, because it's my third year now. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I Dude, forgot the town yeah, hall was this I year. Yeah, me too. I can't believe I've been there three years. Been here yeah. three years. Maybe you, maybe you're the most tenured ESPN employee in LA, George. No, that's not true. I mean, Amanda's been with Neil the and Stan have, on ta- on the talent side have been here since like 2008 or something. Oh well, I'm sorry, I didn't know exactly what year they got here. Yeah. Well, that's nice. That's a nice invitation to have gotten. I wish I would have been there. I was stunned. Bob Iger I didn't think today. it was real at first. I thought I was getting catfished or something. You want to know where I was today? It yeah. wasn't as glamorous. I can tell you that right where now. Where were you? I was at the DMV. Ooh. The DMV, and everybody knows it, it's like out of control there. I, I don't know how it works. I really don't get it. You know? Like, I show up. I've got an appointment. I, I walk up to the appointment line. The lady tells me, here's your number. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down, they're yelling numbers like it's a freaking bingo game. You know, like F502, K103, B113, you're at window 20, you're at window 25. I'm like, where the hell is window 5? Where's window? I mean, I can't find anything. I am lost in the DMV. It's like chaos for somebody like me. And then... For you. Yeah. For, for everybody. For, no, for, oh, it is? Okay, good. I'm, I'm so glad you're saying that because I just think it's just the way I'm wired that yeah. I can't handle it. Yeah. So now... I, I finally get there. They call my number. I walk up to this very nice lady, like A019. Yeah. Now right? serving A011. Right. I yeah. walk up to this I lady. I, I explain to her my problem. I'm like, I'm like, miss, thank you. So, and I'm super nice because if you, the nicer you are, the better response you're going to get, especially at a place like that where they're probably used to people being jerks. So I explained to her my problem. I've got three cars. I think I've got the wrong license plates and the wrong registrations in each car. Do you follow this, George? Yeah. This lady is such a sweetheart. She is working with me. She's laughing right at me. She's like, oh, this is such a mess. I can't believe this. What a disaster. I mean, she's just laughing right at me. She's like, you made my day. Yeah. Then, just when I'm about to do the final deal, George, I'm just about to get three new registrations for these cars. Yeah. You know what they say? What? Our entire system has shut down. Oh. So they're making announcements. Hey, people, look, we're really, really sorry, but our entire system shut down. So here's your choice. You either stay here and wait. Could be 10 minutes. Could be five hours. Or you leave. Yeah. That's it. That's your choice. So I walk up to my girl, Ray, and I go, Ray, um, what do you think I should do? And she's like, you should get the hell out of here. I'm like, yeah, but what am I going to do? I got to call. I got to make an appointment for the next time I come. She goes, no, no, no. She gives me like the magic card, George. The magic card allows you to go back in. Surpa- go right past the line. You go flying right past the line. Walk in. I got a magic card. I'm here. I didn't make an appointment online. I didn't call and talk to anybody. I got the magic card. So I wasted like two hours of my day, but I got the magic card. So you were at Bob Iger, like a big, you know, like a big to do, like a big superstar. It was like one of the coolest Disney things I've done in yeah, my, and in there's my me. nine years here. Yeah. And there's me at the DMV. I bet Wasting that my time. Bob Iger's personal friends probably don't even have to go to the DMV. They just get to skip right to the front of the line. Actually, one, a guy called one time and told, uh, Ireland and I were talking about the DMV, and he told me that um, I could just come to him next time at a specific DMV. Oh, go. that's so helpful. When, when we've got listeners yeah. that work at the DMV, they're yeah. like, just yeah. come over to me. Yeah. That's hey, nice. Hey, let's sneak in some football here real quick because we got to talk to Dave McMiniman in three minutes. Let me, uh, Laura, hit the music. Give me some NFL music here. All right, Cappy. Josh Jacobs, badass. You know what Josh Jacobs did? Uh, Yeah, I watched it. He had 228 yards. You know what that means? 
eighth best day for a skill position player in NFL history. It's amazing. Listen, I got to give the Raiders a lot of credit, right? Remember a couple weeks ago after they lost to Jeff Saturday in his coaching debut of the Colts, and everybody was talking about how Josh McDaniel should be fired, but he won't be because they've made a commitment to him. But, you know, Derek Carr is a big part of the problem, blah, blah, blah. By the way, I said that stuff. Um, the Raiders have made themselves a nice little comeback here the last couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, but they're not going anywhere. I'm not saying they're going anywhere, but I'm saying that when you can hold a team together when everything looks like it's falling apart around right, you, right. that impresses me. Okay, real quick. Are you impressed enough to re-sign Josh Jacobs, the free agent, or do you just say, eh, he's a running back, I'll draft another one? Um, I probably would be more inclined to say, eh, he's a running back, I'll draft another one, because I don't want to spend a ton of money on a running back, because you need two, three, four of them anyway. Yeah. How about you? I think... I think if you're the Raiders, I think you have more holes than just running back. So I think that that's a luxury for another team, if that's my guess. But I, I'm happy for Josh Jacobs, that's for sure. All right, the Rams. I mean, they're literally playing their preseason team out there. You got uh, Perkins throwing to McCutcheon. Like, it just, Tutu Atwell's catching balls. Like, this is literally like watching Andrew Siciliano, Mina Kimes, and MJD do a game. Yeah, it's pretty with, bad. By the way, with my guy Kurt Sandoval on the sideline. It felt like that, except me- it wasn't. It was... Uh, um, uh, who's the Fox number one team now? Uh, Burkhardt and Olsen. That's dude, who it is. Yeah. Dude, when, at, you know, when they made this schedule at the beginning of the year, they went Rams, Chiefs. Yeah. Best team in the NFC, best team in the AFC. Let's go. Potential Super Bowl matchup. Yeah. Let's send our number one team. Yeah. Turns out to be a total dud of a game. Yeah. Okay? And here's the thing. Yeah. The most exciting part of the entire game had nothing to do with what happened on the field. It was what happened on the sideline. Oh, I know. McVay who, got drilled. Who the hell is number 48 or 49, that backup tight end running out for, like, punt coverage yeah. that steamrolls the head coach? Yeah. By the way, we have uh, news on the head coach. Really interesting news, and I don't mean that in a positive way, at 545, so stay tuned for that. Uh, lastly, the Chargers made you eat it. How did it feel? What do you mean eat it? Explain that to me. They uh, came back and won the game, and they scored a two-point conversion to win the game. That was pretty exciting stuff. It was very exciting. Um, if you're a Charger fan, you're happy. I mean, there's no, only a couple I, well, of I'm not them. even a Charger fan. I thought that was exciting. It, it, just the same way Jacksonville did the same thing, had a two-point conversion to win a and game. I and I thought that was exciting, too. Absolutely. As a sports fan, it's exciting. Yeah. Look, is it a gutsy what play? What did it taste like, though? It, it's a, is it a gutsy play? Did it taste yes. salty? Not really. Not really. Because, it sounds hey, George, like it tasted salty. George, who'd they beat? They beat Arizona. How's Arizona? Not good. Yeah. But yeah. it's the National Football League. You win on the road. It's not easy to do. Uh, listen, Arizona is one of the worst teams. Their coach and their quarterback hate one another. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. They chose to stop running the football when right. James Conner was destroying the Chargers. Right. So, look, is it a good win on the road? Yes. Is it a gutsy call to go for two? Yes. Is it the obvious call to go for two? Yes. And do they get it done? Yes. Good win. <sighs> okay, you've confirmed. No, I have no respect. You've no con- respect you, on, on anybody's name you, from the Chargers. You, you've confirmed that it was salty. It tasted salty for sure. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. 
With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Fun fact about Rocky IV. A third of the movie is a music montage. Somebody on the internet actually went through it and diced it up as far as like did the pie on how much movie versus how much montage. Um, it's pretty impressive stuff. Still a great movie. I remember being 10 years old and watching it in the theater around this time of year. So it's a fun fact. It's not like an opinion based on, no, no, hey, I've I seen got, the movie a hundred times. There was a guy who reviews movies who literally went through every minute of the movie and a third of the movie is montages just like this. There's no easy yeah. way out. Well, there's that really good one where Rocky is in Russia and he's working out and he's throwing around like the axe, yeah. you know, and he's running through he's the training snow. training for Drago, right. right. And the KGB is following him, you know? Yeah. Rough conditions. Yeah. All right, Rocco. Got to be careful when the KGB is following you. Can you bring Dave up because a million of these lines ringing because everybody wants tickets to the Pac-12 championship? I'd love to go Friday night. Yeah. Dave McMiniman does a fantastic job, of course, covering the NBA and your Los Angeles Lakers. And as LeBron always says, if you need to know something about the Lakers. Ask Dave. Dave will tell you. There you go. And that's why he's on the show. Dave McMiniman, how are you, sir? How was your Thanksgiving? I was fantastic. Great to talk to you guys. I know. What's up, Dave? Um, so, Dave, I caught you today on NBA Today today. Um, and you caught him today on NBA Today Today? Correct. Three todays. Three todays. Um, so I, I caught you t- in front of the Lakers facility in El Segundo talking about a you know, potential opportunities for deals for the Lakers to make. Um, where does that stand right now for those that maybe didn't, didn't get a chance to see that or hear that? Uh, where does that stand at the moment with the Lakers, particularly with this team they're facing tonight, the Indiana Pacers? So let's start with the Pacers deal. They went on and off all off season long, really, talking about what a deal could look like. The Pacers were talking about sending Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. So you get a excellent catch and shoot wing player who the Lakers almost traded for instead of Russell Westbrook, and you get a shot blocking center who can also stretch the floor. Two things that clearly this Lakers team doesn't have. The Lakers would send out Russell Westbrook for salary matching purposes, and the Pacers wanted both those future first-round picks, 2027 and 2029, the only tradable future assets the Lakers have right now. Lakers, right before training camp, huddled up as a front office and the coaching staff and decided, you know what, we're not going to do this now. That deal will probably still be there later on down the season. And let's see how the things play out, right? And obviously, things have played out not so great so far. Started off 2-10, and 10, have some momentum right now, of course, and that's a good thing. But the Lakers are looking at, like, more teams will be willing to talk trades after December 15th when contracts that were signed this summer are eligible to be traded. So that'll open up all new sorts of permutations. And, you know, the, the, the question is, really – is a bird in the hand better than two in the bush? Is this Pacers deal that theoretically could be had today with a a call to Indiana, is that better than anything that could come up as teams figure out what they have and and potentially more teams than normally are sellers because of Victor Wembanyama and our our tankers? 
And that's kind of the internal debate that the Lakers have. Now, The I know this is a diatribe, George. I want to get it all out there. No, no, go. The, the, the one piece of it that kind of creates this tension with the timing is – Normally, you look at the Pacers' situation and say, okay, you have Turner on an expiring deal. So, unless there's a true intention to re-sign him and pay him all that money, and and obviously the Miles Turner era in Indiana has been nothing but mediocrity, you're better off trying to rebuild, especially in a year like this year where you could get a Scoot Henderson or a Victor Wenbanyama. But the Pacers aren't like most teams. They have an 88-year-old owner. And the Lakers, uh, you know, their intel is telling them that Herb Simon may prefer just to watch a competitive team and enjoy it rather than at this stage of his life have to live through a tank. Hmm. So, so wait, but Dave, from a Laker perspective, is getting rid of Russ still a top priority or has this recent stretch maybe made the Lakers think, let's not get rid of Russ, certainly yet, well, Scott, I mean, they're winning games, so that helps, right? So that, that takes off a bit of the urgency, and it allows them to entertain this idea of waiting till December 15th when more deals potentially become available, right? But at the same time, when you look at this winning five out of six, it's not because Russell Westbrook's been playing well. Russell Westbrook is shooting a career low from the field. Russell Westbrook is seventh in the league in turnovers. Um, Russell Westbrook has... Um, been effective at times pushing the pace and has found some chemistry with the second unit. So he's not like a total minus, of course. But if you can turn Russell Westbrook into two effective rotation players, now you're talking about a team with a better chance to move forward because with Russ, they are lacking depth. They are lacking certain skill sets in this roster. And you know, like you move him you can address some of those needs. And so it's not so much about Russ's play. It's certainly about Russ's salary number. And you can split up that $47 million amongst a couple of guys making in the 20s. Right. And and if you look at it, to your point, Dave, with those deficiencies, the biggest being shooting, they're 28th in the league at 30% as a team. Um, and look, even though they're good defensively, we've seen some moments where they're still vulnerable. And having another guy like Miles Turner, who can shoot the ball certainly well for a big man and also can defend the rim the way he does, it gives you some AD insurance on top of that. Yeah, now, now there are some question marks with that potential trade beyond just do we want to commit the two picks, right? It, it, the, the question marks that I reported in my story today that the Lakers were asking themselves back prior to training camp when they walked away from the deal was, one, are these two guys, would they be in our closing lineup in a playoff game? You know, uh, would Darvin Ham play healed or would he trust more a guy like Austin Reeves or Corey Brown Jr. because of their defensive instincts? Uh, would Darvin Ham be able to play Turner or would you know, Turner be pulled off the floor because in playoff situations, teams tend to go small more often and that could get exploited, right? Those are legitimate questions. And then beyond that, you say, we know Anthony Davis has been relatively healthy this year and it's great to see, but we know that he has gotten hurt in the past. Do we want to replace him? You know, Anthony's played 49% of the games the last two years. Well, guess what? Miles Turner's only <laughs> yeah. played 59% of the games right. the last two years because of foot and ankle injuries. So he's not the most reliable replacement to bring in. 
So just to be clear then, the two picks, the two first-round picks that the Lakers still have, those two picks are still part of this possibility? We could go back to where we were? I mean, that's what it would take currently, I believe, to get the Pacers to be interested in picking up the phone again, right? Um, now, the Lakers, they would hope that the Pacers start to lose some games. They come back down to earth. You know, they're 11-8 and eight right now. You know, maybe a month from now, they're rather than three games over 500, they're three games under 500. And it starts to look more like a team that would be worth dismantling for a rebuild, right? Uh, and then you also hope that, hey, they get some other offers out there involving one pick. And then they finally can have some leverage with Indiana where they say, well, okay, I mean, if you want to get this pick, you can get it. Otherwise, we're going to send this pick with Russell, some other team that's interested, and you can't get the pick. And, uh, you know, it, it sounds like Miles Turner, Miles Turner is going to leave as a free agent anyway. He just signed a new agent. I got new representation, and usually when guys do that, it's because they want to uh, get out of the situation. And let's not forget that Miles Turner basically auditioned for the Lakers on the Woj podcast. Oh, yes, he did, which is <laughs> kind of unprecedented, George. You don't see that. A guy under contract with the team yeah. publicly lobbying his front office to, to make a trade that they were talking about. It's ridiculous. I love it. I can't uh, believe we're still talking about the same trade. Yeah. Oh, well, but to Dave's point, it's, it, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, a, a bird in the hand or two in the bush, right? Like, it's just, you know yep. what you've got there. And uh, look, Dave, as I, as I look at the Indiana schedule, which if you're a Lakers fan, you probably should look at it. It's really challenging in December. So by the time December 15th rolls around, where basically anybody who signed this past year can get traded then, it actually could be more bene- it could be beneficial to the Lakers because I do think there's a decent chance that Indiana is no longer a three games above 500 type of team. So they may not have to give up the two picks in that scenario later down the road. And, and, and George, another reason why December 15th is significant for the Lakers, it's also the day that they can trade Patrick Beverly. Oh, right, and that's a big salary, or a decent salary at least. Which, and that's, that's, that's a decent-sized salary, so that would also open up different trade scenarios, right? right. That uh, you know, Maybe the, the trade scenario A would be involving Russell Westbrook, but maybe 1A or B is involving Patrick Beverly, right? And yeah. so you, you kind of – there's a reason why the Lakers would want to push this thing forward, but the problem is their schedule is about to get super tough all these road games against a bunch of good opponents. And if they can't keep this momentum they build up playing against bad teams, you know, then, then you start to get into the conversation, is it worth it? Is this season worth it? Right. Because we could just wait until the summer, have Russ come off the books, have a bunch of cap space, try to sign the right guys, have an extra draft pick to, to, to use to potentially trade, you know, all these type of things come into play then. So this next six weeks, uh, is paramount for the Lakers. We'll find out what's going to happen with this season, I think. He's Dave McMiniman, does a phenomenal job covering the NBA. Phenomenal. Particularly your Los Angeles Lakers. And if you have phenomenal. a if you have a Lakers question, <laughs> remember, as LeBron says. Ask Dave. Dave will tell you. There you go. All right, Dave, always a pleasure, brother. Talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks, fellas. See you. I'm with you, Dave. There it is. McMiniman, breaking it down. That's Giving solid. Us the options. That's solid. Yeah. Yeah. See, every once in a while, it's nice to have someone like Dave to just go, hey, what's the deal? But you know what's weird about it, though? Can you tell us on the other side? 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thanks, Christopher. Although, Cappy, you should probably do your tell you what thing yeah, first. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Well, I just feel like with, uh, well, I don't even know. Forget it. You forgot? Yeah. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. What's weirder? I wrote it down. What's weirder? What's weirder is that we're still talking about the same trade. Yeah, you know? because it's now a viable trade. I know, but but like. If you're going to make this trade, make it in the offseason so you have your training camp to work together. It's still early, dude. I know, but I, I, George, I'm telling you, I like what Dave McMiniman said at the end, which was, let's let this thing breathe. Let's write this year off. Let's get Russ's salary well, off the he books. Didn't say, he said that's a possibility. Yeah, I'm just saying, but yeah. that's what I prefer to do. If I were the Lakers, I'd rather be like, let's just wait this year out and we'll take the Russ money, and we'll redo the whole thing next year. You're probably going to have two stars that aren't going to be too thrilled about that. But yeah, it's just oh, Well, well, what do they think they're going to do? They, if they expect to win a championship, that's different. I don't know that LeBron expects to win a championship this year, or thinks that he can. Ask or Dave. That, Dave would tell you. Ask Dave. Well, Dave did tell me. Yeah. Did you ask him about the LeBron part, though? No, I didn't ask him about that. Yeah, part. there you go. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'll I said. To him. That's I'll why. Talk I to mean, him. listen to LeBron. LeBron will tell you. Ask Dave. Dave would tell you. There you go. I wrote down what's weirder. That was my that so was my note to remember. Cap? Well, what's weird is that they're still talking about the same trade. That's what I was saying is weird. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Take it away, Linz. Thanks, Sedano. All right. So it's an end of an era for the Detroit Tigers and for baseball, really, as next season will be the last for legendary hitter Miguel Cabrera. Wow. He's not retiring this year? Nope. Because they gave him that well, all-star the, nod the, this the, year. Yeah, right. At the end of next year, since it's the last year of his contract. Oh, I see. Yeah. So he's 39 and it's, you know, a thir- $31 million for his last year, which is the final year of his eight-year $248 million contract. Yeah. He said his goal is to stay around baseball, to teach and help because he just loves baseball. So I don't know about you guys, but I vehemently remember when he signed this deal back in 2015. He which, was the best hitter in baseball. Right. But I think we all still kind of wondered this was one of like the first of this wave of like crazy deals. Yeah. And everyone was like, I don't know about this. So looking back on Miggy's career, do you think that his eight-year, $250 million deal was worth it? Swipe left or swipe right? Um, It got... He was the best player in baseball for a stretch during that. Um, this wasn't like the Albert Pujols deal where Albert Pujols was not. Miguel had more quality years is what I Way would say, more. including um, getting them to a World Series. Now, they didn't win, but, you know, it's hard, right? Like, especially in baseball as like one hitter. Like, it's not like he's a pitcher that can pitch multiple times. I mean, he's hitting only four times in theory in every game. But um, look, he's one of the greatest right-handed hitters in the sports history like that's undeniable um the last three years haven't been great um for him he's been like a 250 260 hitter but prior to that he's a 300 hitter basically every year of his career like and that that spawned 14 seasons you know he's a 30 million dollar a year player which back then was like crazy crazy money yeah now um it's still a lot i'm not saying he'd still be a really highly paid guy yeah 
But back then, it was kind of like when A-Rod signed like the first, what was it, five years, 250? No, yeah. no, that's not right. That doesn't sound right. Maybe it was... No, A-Rod signed a... His original deal was like in the, yeah, 200 million range yeah, for 10 he, years. Yeah. Right, when he left when he left Seattle and went to Texas. That's the kind right. of contract. Yeah. So that, but I think Detroit got their money out of him. You know, I, I think that you have to have a star player that people will count on being a part of your franchise. Yeah. And I just feel like that they got the most out of him. Yeah, 10 for 252 was the A-Rod to Texas. Yeah, team. there you go. Yeah. And by the way, um, listen, I, I also thought he was retiring this year. Because he went to the All-Star game with Pujols and those guys, yeah. right? Yeah, he got the honorary nod by special commissioners. Right. I thought that, I thought this was yeah. his last year because of that. Yeah. But yeah. hey, I ain't giving up $31 million. I ain't mad no at him. No way. Me neither. Well, <laughs> I mean, he'll probably sit on the bench after That's season fine. like he did I don't last care. year because, you, you know, injuries and stuff. But Mike, also want to know... They never did win a World Series. Uh, no, they did not. So you still think it was worth it, Cappy? I mean, yeah. but they got there. I yeah. mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that you have to by yourself say, "Hey, I put the whole team on my back and and we won a World Series." Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, he he got them there, and they were in it pretty much during his prime. There, they were in it every year. So they, oh, I know as a Cleveland fan. Right, that's what I'm saying. Him and Verlander were the kind of the backbone of that mm-hmm. team, and they had Scherzer at one stretch too with them, um, and they just fell short. You know, it is what it is. But I mean, they were so it w- good. wasn't because of him. That's for sure. Like he was incredible during that stage. He was always kicked our butts. All right, next one. So the San Francisco Police Department has proposed uh, that it be allowed to use robots with deadly force while responding to incidents. The remote-controlled devices are generally used for area inspection and bomb disposal. The department wants to use them for training and simulations, criminal apprehensions, critical incidents, and executing a warrant or, or during suspicious device assessments. One of the models can be modified to add a machine gun and grenade launchers. Wow, sounds fun. Um, are you in favor of police robots? Swipe left or swipe right, Cappy? I've never really even heard of police robots until right now. But based on the way you just described them, yeah, I'm in favor of them. I think I like a police robot. This way, real police officers, you know, who are wearing bulletproof vests, don't have uh, as risky a job when you don't know what's on the other end. Send in the robot. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm also, though, skeptical of machines taking over jobs Mm -hmm. for people. Like, I think that that, if that trend continues, you know, a lot of people out of work. Or just um, taking over in general. Uh, right. Or then eventually, right, being we're caught in the matrix, basically. Oh, um, man. It's so hard to recruit cops right now, no, finding I, cops. I, I totally get that. I come from a family of cops, so I get it. But what I would tell you is this, is that as we become more automated, um, I think there's going to be less opportunity for people to work. Um, and I think, and as an overall thing, police or no police, right, regardless of what the uh, genre of work is. So I, that worries me. And also just... To Lindsay's point, the Matrix happening and computers taking over eventually. You know what I mean? I just see like and a tur- world and where, turning on us. Yeah, there's like robots, like these robots with guns shooting everybody, and people are like, ah, yeah, ah, yeah. Don't know. don't know how I feel about it's that. Kind of, kind what about the I robots that are like scrubbing the floors at the grocery stores? You guys cool with those robots? Sure, but they don't have guns. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you're worried about like robots taking over for people mopping the floors. No, not worried about the robots mopping the floors. Because okay. they oh. don't have weapons. Because, again, I mean, it has to be a pretty highly intelligent robot for them yeah. to trust it with weapons, right? Yeah. yeah. That or they just say, here, robot, we're programming you. You see that place right over there? <laughs> Take it down. Yeah. Now, if uh. the robots that mop the floors end up with guns, then we really have a problem. Yeah, it could be a problem.
All right, last one, and this one's a big deal or no deal since we don't have time for it today. So LeBron James was among the first to welcome Kings point guard De'Aaron Fox to, quote, the family after Fox's move to Clutch Sports Group was officially announced. Clutch formally announced the addition of Fox via Twitter this morning, and LeBron tweeted, quote, welcome to the family at Swipe of the Fox, hashtag Clutch Gene. Fox's decision to join Clutch triggered a wave of social media reaction with a lot of people, you know, Lakers fans especially, seeing it as a prelude to a move to join LeBron in L.A. But De'Aaron Fox told Bleacher Report's Chris Haynes that that is not the case. Is De'Aaron Fox signing with Clutch a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Uh, no deal. Um, they Rich Paul represents a lot of guys in a lot of different teams. <laughs> I don't think just because he, uh, you know, he signs with Clutch means he's going to be a Laker. There's only 15 roster spots. You know, uh, there's a lot of teams. So yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. I'm also agreeing. No deal at all for me. I mean, they're an agency. They're the number one agency now. That's who, you know, when you make it, they come after you. Or at least they'll, they'll take you on as a client. I'd love to see De'Aaron Fox, though, play for the Lakers. He's a really good player who's stuck in Sacramento that nobody really gets to see. He's got guys averaging like 25 points a game. That's a great point. And to Dave McMenamin's point that he just made, usually when a guy, he literally just said, when a guy changes representation, it usually means because he wants out of the current organization. You think he's... Well, I would say that Mike Brown has done a good job thus far with the Sacramento Kings as they're the sixth seed at 10-8, and eight, far exceeding most people's expectations to this point, even though they've lost the last couple games. Uh, Mike Brown will also coach him hard. And I don't know – I mean, look, I don't know that situation at all. Uh, I just know Mike Brown is, is – a like, he's a nice guy, good guy, coaches hard. Um, and not everybody takes to that. Like, everybody takes to a different kind of coach for one reason or another. I'm not saying that him and De'Aaron Fox have a problem. I'm just saying that I know what that Mike Brown is a, a good, hard-nosed coach, and not everybody wants to do that. So, again, I, I, maybe he does want out. Who knows? You do change agents because you want change more I mean, times than not. If I'm him, he's really good. Like he's, I feel like he's too good to be on the Kings. Oh, mm, he's um, just a guy that nobody sees play. Right, right. Yeah, um, listen, I watch him play. I think De'Aaron Fox is a very good player. I don't think De'Aaron Fox is an elite player, if that's what you're asking me. Okay, fair enough. I think that there's a different level to this, right? I don't think, like, De'Aaron Fox isn't taking the Lakers to championship level. Same thing could be said about Buddy Heal to Miles Turner. So that's why it's interesting that, that we keep hearing this story about this potential trade still happening. If I'm the Lakers, man, I'm not doing anything yet. I'm holding still, and I'm trying to get myself to 500 before I make decisions. Well, they're almost there. It'd be nice to win these next two games at home. Uh, one more, Linz, or are we done? We are all done. All right, then. That's Radio Tinder, usually at 5.30, but sometimes adjacent to 5.30. Coming up next, Cappy, there is news about your boy, Sean McVay, and it's not the type of news Rams fans want to hear. All right, we got our winner, George Duarte from Marietta. Uh, which line is he? Seven? There you go. George, congratulations, brother. You're going to win Rams, Rams Raiders tickets. Congrats on that. That's awesome. Good game. Uh, yeah, man. So you'll get that next Thursday, December 8th. But now here's your chance at a million bucks. All you got to do is you got to pick the two teams in the Super Bowl and you pick the score for each team. If you nail the two teams and the score in the game, Cappy and I are going to knock at your door and bring you a suitcase with a million bucks. Okay. All right, let's go. What's the I pick? Would, I say Philadelphia 24, Kansas City Seventeen. Wow! Ooh. There you go. So Eagles twenty four, Chiefs seventeen. George Duarte, Jorge, 
George Duarte in Marietta. Brother, best of luck to you. We're going to put you on hold, okay? And congrats and enjoy the Raiders-Rams game, okay? Thank you. You got it. Put him on hold. There he is. All right, Cappy, there you go. He followed your lead. Now, different score, but he followed your Philly and Kansas City lead. Right. I mean, I have to take Kansas City in that matchup, but I like that somebody is now kind of, we're getting to the time of the season, George, where you can start to see, hey, this team's 10 and 1. This team's 9 and 2. These guys are for real. They stand out above the rest. So it's a good, good call by that gentleman right there. Yeah. So every Monday, Million Dollar Mondays, only a couple more to go because the season is winding down here, so. Hey, you were, uh, you were saying that there's some news on Sean McVay. I'm going to be really curious to hear what you have to say oh, about this. Oh, I'm going to let Lindsay do this. Lindsay, tell me the story you were telling me earlier today about Dan Graziano, our ESPN NFL insider. Oh, so yeah. So Sedano and I were, uh, went downstairs to pick up his lunch and we're talking and I was What'd like- What'd you get for lunch? Uh, grilled chicken avocado sandwich and a salad from uh, Yard House. Oh, okay. Kind of standard operating procedure for you. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's healthy enough and uh, you know, I'm good. Okay, all right. So I see the headline, Sean McVay retirement rumor. Could Rams trade Super Bowl coach? But the gist of the story at the end was Dan Graziano saying that uh, Sean McVay's interest in returning to the broadcast booth is the worst kept secret in the league. Wow. Oh, really? Wow. Well, he better hurry up. He also said that he he thinks that McVay potentially wanted out of L.A. and that had they not fixed the quarterback situation last year, he might he might have been gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he wouldn't have been as hot as he is. You well, know? now he's a Super Bowl champion, so there's right. that. So right, so exactly. So if they if they don't fix the the, the quarterback situation, and he goes into another season with Jared Goff, who he didn't like, obviously. Um, could he have been gone? Sure, but would he have been the hot commodity that he was then, and is probably still? I mean, for he, a little he, bit of time? he was a pretty hot commodity. I don't think yes. there's any question. Didn't right. they offer him 120 before they won the Super Bowl? This yeah, it was a lot of money. Amazon, Amazon offered him like right. 120 before right. the Super Bowl. Right. Oh, I, you know, I don't really remember it before the Super Bowl. I, I'll or, look it up I, yeah. I, just to be but, just for posterity. But but here's the thing. Let, let me tell you guys about Sean McVay for a second, or something I've been thinking about. So, look, the Rams are going to have to go through a pretty big rebuild, or so it would seem, because now you're not sure about the future of Stafford with his you know, concussion issues and other injuries accumulated over the years. Now, you know, Cooper Cup gets hurt this year, yeah. obviously. Can we right? put a 20-second timeout, a little pause yeah. here? Yeah, go ahead. It was after the Super Bowl. Right. Five for 100. Yeah, it makes sense, right? For a hundy. Yeah, he wins the Super Bowl. He's a hot commodity. Amazon's going to you know, get into the football business. McVay would be the go-to guy. But by the way, I'll tell you this. I know ESPN kicked the tires on him, too, just in case. Like, if he was really interested, he could have. He might have had a shot at Monday Night Football. And he probably could have leveraged it and turned it into a bigger deal. More than five years, $100 million if he wanted to play both off each other. But here's the thing about McVay. Is he, and here's the question. Is he the right guy to help rebuild the Rams? I'll tell you what. I think he is. Do you want okay. to know why? Tell me. The team he took over was not a good team, if you recall. It also had crazy questions about the former number one overall pick that we were all talking about, is he a bust already? At that point in his career. And he turned the whole thing around in a stretch where we had no idea. I remember back in those days, Marcellus Wiley, wherever he is, we miss him. I don't know where you're at these days. Um, Shouts out to you, Marcellus. That sounded so cosmic as if he was no longer on this planet. I I don't even, I don't don't know where he's at. Um, But he was calling Jared Goff a bust. Mm -hmm. Even when McVeigh arrived, I remember Key and I were working together and and Key was like, they're going 6-10. and 
in his first year. Like that, that's kind of where, where he was at. And by the way, he was not alone on that, on that prediction, Keith. So what are you saying? Are you saying that because McVay took over a team that wasn't good? Four and 12 and right. took them to 11 and five. I think he's, I think what Sean McVay needs to do is look at that man in the mirror. Mm, I don't know, George. I'm asking him to change his ways. I don't know if he wants to change his ways. And listen, I'm telling you, Sean McVay, if Sean Mc, now he may not want to. Well, there you go. But I think Sean McVay is capable of it. And okay. I'll tell you this, Sean, because ain't nobody defended you around these parts more than me over the years, okay? Through thick and thin, highs and lows, peaks and valleys. I believe you have that in you if you want to. Well, see, that's the whole issue, though, George. The, the, the question is, does Sean McVay have what it takes to lead a rebuild? No, the answer not really. is The answer is, what, what does it take? You know, that, that would be the follow-up. What does it take? You know what it takes, George? Takes a little bit of patience. Oh, uh, hold on. I, yeah. Thank you. Wait, you little not patience. Here. I need to explain. He's doing like the axle oh, rose oh, shoulder oh, shimmy oh, thing. A little bit of pain. I've been walking the streets at night. Just trying to get it right. Yeah, I had to do that. It's hard to see with so many around. Listen. I don't know that Sean McVay has the patience. That's different. He may not have the patience he had when he was a rookie head coach. Right. So I think the Rams organizationally Mm. ought to really start thinking about new quarterback, new coach. How much longer does Aaron Donald really have? Wait, are you going to get rid of McVay or are you just going to say McVay you can leave if you want? Yeah, I'm not firing him. Right. I'm saying if you decide that you're burnt – that you put in a very intense amount of time. Yeah. You led us to two Super Bowls. You got us the big win, but you don't have the patience to stick around and see this thing through. Yeah. If you want to leave, we can all shake hands and be friends. Um. Yeah, I mean, you could have that conversation. I don't think Sean is going to do that. First of all, I don't think the TV landscape is out there for him in a way that it was previously. Agreed. Um. Because if it's true that Tom Brady's going to end up at Fox, if I mean, that allegedly is true. Right, I know, but let's just call it if, just in case Tom changes his mind. Right. I mean, I, I, listen, if you're asking me who I think will be the better analyst on television if I'm, the, if I'm Fox, it's going to be Sean McVay. I don't think Tom Brady has ever said anything all that interesting. Come on. Don't hate. I'm Celebrate. just being honest. Don't hate. So, whatever. But it, it is an interesting report that we'll discuss further tomorrow because we have a full three hours. Nice. Uh, Cappy? Georgie? Excellent work. Nice job out of you. Yeah. You as well. Uh, Lindsay, Laura, great job. Coming up next, Lakers basketball. Alan Sliwa with your pregame. Michael will be in there. John will eventually be in there. Lakers Pacers coming up next.